Welcome to Awakened and Alive After 40. If you're searching for inspiring and easy to apply Enneagram and human design content, then you've come to the right place. We're your hosts, Dominique and Carrie, two friends and coaches who are passionate about sharing our knowledge and insights on these two powerful self-awareness systems to help you step outside the box and into a life that is true to who you really are. We're so grateful to have you here. Let's jump into today's episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Awakened and Alive After 40 podcast. Dominique and I are so appreciative for each and every one of you who decided to listen to today's episode. This is a topic that we are actually really excited to talk about because it's something that I have thought about in my own mind quite a bit, but I haven't had a really deep, insightful conversation with anyone about it. And I know, Dominique, you and I always end up having very deep and insightful conversations. That we do. And what we're going to talk about today is the idea of a lot of us, I think I can safely say most of us, have at one point in our lives allowed for something or more than one thing exterior to us to define us. So Mm -hmm. what I mean by that is when we introduce ourselves to a new person, maybe we introduce ourselves obviously with our name, but also with what our job is. You say, I am a physical therapist and Mm -hmm. it's like your identity, who you are. Or maybe you identify yourself through a relationship with another person, like I am so-and-so's wife, or I am so-and-so's girlfriend, or I am so-and-so's mother, rather than identifying yourself as who you truly are internally, which would sound really weird in our society (laughs) to introduce ourselves that way. Like, hello, I'm Carrie. A sovereign being. <laughs> I'm, I'm learning and growing every day. You know, I have great thoughts. You know? <laughs> I mean, it would sound very strange. It's not how yeah. we're conditioned at all to think mm. of ourselves. So some of yeah. the big ideas that we have thought of to talk about on this episode is a big one that's so present in our society today is sex and gender. So like man, woman, male, female. This is not as clear and black and white as our society used to make it. Mm -hmm. So it's not as clear to assume that someone identifies as a man or as a woman or as male or as female. I am not completely educated on gender roles and transgender issues in our society, but I always try to be really mindful of this piece of it because for some people, their gender identity is really, really a part of them and other people, it's not. There's more fluidity to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And I'm along the lines of you, Carrie, as well. I continue to educate myself as best as I can, but I greatly appreciate those who are choosing to go by them or they there because I just find for myself, the more I grew into identifying as my authentic self, it was freeing. And so when I hear of others, if the gender has changed, it is still not who they are because they are an authentic human being. They're a soul and they want to be known for their gifts outside of what they were born with as far as sex goes 
or what they acquired because of having to achieve something in order to feel loved or seen, the conditioning that we all carry. And there's nothing wrong, of course, with wanting something for ourselves and to say, I am a doctor. I worked hard for it. That's awesome. That is great. But that's not who you are. Or I'm a female. Okay, yes, you are female, but who are you? What are you on the inside is just a very different question to ask. Because when I think about it, there's nothing special with being a man, a woman, there's so many of them out there, but there's only one you, only one soul walking this earth in the body that you have. And those are unique gifts. That's what makes you unique. Exactly. And I think we as a society have put so much emphasis on the body and the body is who you are because we are conditioned when you're born, if you're born biologically as a girl versus a boy, you're immediately treated differently and conditioned Mm -hmm. in that way so that you walk this boy or girl path in life. So even something I've noticed on Instagram that is very different from what I've seen and who I followed, which obviously I'm not following every person on Instagram, so there could be exceptions. But in general, men and people who identify as male on Instagram don't define themselves in their bio through other people. Like they don't say Mm -hmm. husband to so-and-so and and father to. But a lot of women on Instagram define themselves this way, which I'm not saying there's anything wrong with it, but it's just interesting that women are a lot more conditioned, in my opinion, to define themselves through other people. It's funny you say that, and I never really thought of that. But of course, right away, when I'm thinking back at bios that I've read between the men and women that I follow, it's primarily women that do identify in in those ways. And that's a really interesting thing to bring up. Yeah, you see a lot of females and women on Instagram who say wife and mother, and this is how they define themselves. Mm -hmm. And again, there's nothing wrong with this. It is very conditioned. It's very subconscious in a lot of us. I think men tend to define themselves a lot more through career, through professional achievements and things like that. And women tend to identify themselves more through their family and their familial role. I think career has become increasingly a lot more important to women because of the changes that have happened in our society since the 1970s. But it's just really interesting that we still feel like we even need any of these things to define Mm -hmm. ourselves when internally, like Dominique was saying, our soul outside of our body, outside of our achievements, outside of the people connected to us, that soul is the most important thing about us. Yeah. And that's the thing that we're most afraid to expose, to show, because it feels scary and vulnerable. And so we put these sort of masks on Mm -hmm. and show these external things about ourselves that feel a lot safer and socially accepted. Yeah. And when you think about it, we all want to be loved, accepted, to belong. That is hardwired in our nature. There is nothing wrong with desiring a label in a way as well, because it gives you a sense of belonging and some security and certainty. And it's something that I certainly have worked through in my own life by identifying through certain experiences that I went through, the traumas that I went through in childhood, using that as a way to remain in the victim role for a 
long time as well, always saying, well, I can't do this because that happened to me. And so I carried an identity based off of the traumas that happened. And I think it's just really a learning process of, is that something that is important to you to really get in touch with your true nature outside of what you achieve or outside of the experiences that you go through? And it's very unfortunate because we can't avoid a lot of the experiences. They're hard. They're shitty. They suck. And it makes you angry and mad. And sometimes the need to play the victim is appropriate and it needs to be there for a little while. But when I came to realize that this role that I continued to play was stopping me from achieving the life that I was desiring. And at that point, when I had my aha moment, I was like, okay, I'm done with this. I'm going to discover who I really am. And I'm going to start living my life from that authenticity instead of letting somebody's actions guide my direction in life. That's a great point. And it's connected to something I was thinking about that if we continue to live through these external definitions of ourselves, those are things that we acquired from outside of ourselves. And therefore, Mm -hmm. they are really out of our control. So they can just as easily be taken away or can be lost to us. And if that's the definition of ourselves, then if that happens and it's taken away for whatever reason, you will feel lost. You will feel identity list. And so it's really important to cultivate that inner sense of who you are so that if the job is gone and if a relationship is gone, you still have yourself. As you're saying this, I was just thinking that for myself, one of my stories growing up was that I wasn't worthy. And so in order to feel worthy, I was seeking outside of myself to show my worthiness. If I could find someone who I could show how worthy I am, and then that would make me feel worthy. That was a lot of how I navigated relationships and life was seeking how can I make myself feel worthy? When I came to realize that I was seeking that outside of myself because I couldn't give that sense to myself. It's not until we can learn to see our worth, see our value, have that love for ourselves that we can then stop seeking for it outside of ourselves. And like you were saying, if it's something we acquire from outside, then it can be easily taken away. And I can confidently say right now that No one can take my self-worth away, my sense of enoughness, my grit, my tenacity to be the person that I want to be, to love the way I want to love, because I've declared that for myself. And that's within me, has always been within me. And nobody, nothing can take that away. And I think that's the biggest thing to really sit with. Hey there, friend. Have you signed up for the Awakened and Alive newsletter yet? If not, we want to invite you to get on the list so you don't miss out on the exciting new offerings we have planned for 2024. By receiving the weekly newsletter, you'll be the first to hear when new episodes drop, along with updates on a very special project we've been working on for our amazing community. 
Yeah. And that's something that I think we can hear the words and think, oh, yeah, but it takes a lot of intentional effort to cultivate that within yourself. And I think it's amazing that you have done that so beautifully. I see that in all of our interactions. You present yourself in such an authentic and confident way. And I never question, is Dominic being fake or never, never, never. Like who you are is so beautiful and the way you present it is so authentic. Well, thank you because that truly means a lot because yeah, it's not easy. It's something that I will always be working on. And I think that's another important part too, is to keep in mind that whatever you are working towards, it's a never ending journey, but it's just about getting on that journey, getting on that path and realizing that everything you're desiring is within you and has been the entire time, but you're just not used to going to yourself first. It's conditioned within every single one of us to seek outside and to believe that that's where the answers lie. When I first started studying human design, when I learned about the G-Center, that was really my place that I would go to when I was trying to cultivate this greater sense of worth and enoughness. And I still go to this place. And quantum human design is called the Calibration Center. And this is your identity. This is your sense of self, love, direction, And each of the gates stands for a specific energy and purpose within your life. The gate one is the gate of purpose. It's I am who I am. 13 is I am forgiving. 25, I am trusting. I'm not going to go through all of them, but it's this I am place. This is your identity, your love, your compassion, you're trusting. It just is such a beautiful center to learn more about and one that I love to share about with my clients and really whoever is willing to listen. (laughs) And Dominique, we both have this center undefined. So we might be a little more susceptible than a person who has it defined to allow these external factors to define our identity because we don't have that strong definition within us. Yeah, exactly. I'm glad you brought that up because yes, if someone has a defined center, which is colored in, they may be more likely to have a stronger sense of self. They may not be as easily swayed by others with the open center like what we have we taste test different possibilities different energies different directions and then from there and this is the lesson of an open center is gaining wisdom on what feels like you then deciding what is right for you and what is not right not allowing you to absorb other people's energy and make it your own right off the bat but testing it seeing what works and what doesn't work for you. That's the beauty of having an open G-Center when it comes to building greater self-love and trust and direction. And talking about the Enneagram in relation to this topic, like we said earlier, nearly all humans define themselves externally because we are highly, highly conditioned to do so. But three of the Enneagram types that might do this even more so are the three types that are part of the heart center. So that is types two, type three, and type four. The reason for this is because the types in this center tend to have a common focus on their self-image and the persona that they have. So how they present themselves externally is really important to them. 
for each type, it's for different reasons. For type two, they really want to present outwardly to others. They want to seem selfless. They really focus their energy on other people and really can neglect themselves if they are in an unhealthy or an average place. For type three, they are focused on their image in general because they really care about how other people see them. They want to be seen as valuable and successful. They want to be admired. So they are struggling with how they see themselves versus how society is seeing themselves. More of that push-pull than type two, who's just focused on the external. And then type four tends to really focus internally. So they might not care as much about the external, but they really care about how they feel about themselves. And in turn, this is related to how they are perceived by others because they kind of Mm want to be seen as unique and they don't follow the pack and they have their own path and they're a little bit mysterious to people. So they might withhold a lot of things internally just to cultivate that persona within them. Obviously, all nine types can worry and think about external presentation of themselves Mm -hmm. for various reasons. But the heart center types maybe tend to do it a little more consciously than the other types. That's really fascinating. And as you were saying that, I'm thinking about the twos, threes, or fours that I know of in my life. I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I can kind of see that, how that works. And it's just interesting to hear about it and be able to kind of piece it together with certain individuals in my life. Like we were saying before, there's nothing wrong with any of this. There's nothing wrong with wanting to do and be and achieve and to feel good about it and to feel accomplished if you do become a wife or a mother or a doctor, whatever it may be. And I think really the point we're trying to make here is it's a great thing to have awareness of where you're putting your power. If it's outside of yourself and it's maybe a a person to make you feel a certain way, well, is that someone you would really want to be yourself? Is that person really living from a life of love and compassion? It's something that if we can allow ourselves to pause and examine, have that awareness to then make good, healthy choices of our own. And that's one thing that will always be yours is your freedom to choose who you want to be, how you want to be defined, how you want to respond, how you want to live your life. And that's something else that is only going to be found within you. I think when thinking about you're out there listening and you want to become more aware of this, the only thing that we can really think to say is to just experiment with becoming more aware in your everyday life. And this can be really uncomfortable. Sometimes we can open a can of worms we don't intend to when we start seeing some of our patterning. But maybe just notice when are you defining yourself through something outside of you and wondering why. Don't judge it. Don't question it necessarily, but just wonder, what am I getting from that? Am I getting a sense of validation? Am I getting a sense that I belong to a group? It's probably serving a purpose in your life for some reason. And I'm not saying that you should change it or take that purpose away, but just becoming aware of it so you can take control of it rather than it controlling you. Absolutely. Just getting curious, which is very hard to do for sure. And like you said, Carrie, the whole experimentation process is something that helped me 
through my own process. And a lot of it has to do because with human design, it is an experiment for every single person. Only you know what is best for you and you're your own authority. But also being a one three for myself, I am hardwired to be more open to experimentation. And that's something that I really grasped onto was to remind myself there are no mistakes, just lessons. And from those lessons, I can learn how to love myself better and to love others better. And also coming from a place of compassion for yourself as you're trying to navigate greater awareness and really identify what it is you want to be defined as and living your life from that place. I think another really important thing to add on to all of that is really cultivating that belief that you are valuable outside of anything external to you. You're valuable because you exist, period. Thank you for listening to this episode. Your support is so appreciated. If you'd like to have a question answered about your human design or Enneagram type in a future episode, you can submit it through the link in the show notes. We'd love to hear from you.